The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com Florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Florio, F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. Jimmy played at an extremely high level for us and allowed us to win a lot of games and he's a very good quarterback. Have you had any conversations with him since he's moved on or even before that? That would be impossible. you got to run into Jimmy to have a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody. That's not just me. <laughs> you got Kyle Shanahan at the league meetings yesterday. Late for the second straight year for his press conference. Not offering any opinion, just stating fact. A little tardy. A little tardy sauce for your guy Kyle Shanahan. And that's okay. He's not on the clock. He's on vacation. The league meeting, that's what's weird about it. It is, right. It's kind of a getaway. Yeah. It's kind of a break, opportunity to reconnect with friends throughout the league. And then there are these annoying media obligations that go along with it. And I think he'd just rather not do it, but everybody does it. And actually, for most of the coaches, when you get him in that setting and you've seen some of the video – now. A lot of it's shot inside of that room where it used to be a breakfast. They don't even pretend to eat breakfast anymore. They just go in to talk to the coaches. But a lot of the shots you see outside, you know, it's sunny. It's a nice resort. People are a little more relaxed. And when people are a little more relaxed, they tend to say things that they wouldn't otherwise say. We get a lot of good stuff out of those two or three days in Arizona that maybe you wouldn't otherwise get. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Yeah. We, we have had a lot of good good, useful information that otherwise folks would have probably kept a little close to the vest and good morning. Yeah, good morning. I agree with you, though, there throughout. That, that's the cool thing about being out there. It's the, you know, I think the reason both you and I are a little disappointed we're not out there, right? Because you do get a chance to catch up to people, coaches, GMs. Yeah, there's meetings they got to go to, but it's relaxed. And even in the meetings, it's not like all of them, they got to be there at exact time and their days totally packed that way. It's a little bit of a 
league gathering, let's figure out some issues and make the league better while also, you know, I don't even know what to say, Mike, paying homage to the coaches, the GMs, and their their significant others too, and the owners, and kind of trying to make a few days of that whole thing there. And it does lead to, a you know, an interesting little – you know, formula or dynamic or whatever to where, yeah, you know, whether it's on a formal interview like you're talking about or you run into a coach in the lobby of the hotel and now you get into a seven, eight minute conversation and, you know, he leans you the right way with a subject or kind of gives you a glean on something. You're going, oh, damn, okay, wait, I didn't think of it that way. That makes sense. And that's where I'm disappointed we're not there. It is a weird couple of days, though, from the moment you arrive at Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix and you start bumping into all these folks that you see on your TV. It's just odd. At baggage claim, I remember the last time that we were there four years ago, and I think it was Arizona. Just Matt LaFleur just got in the job in Green Bay. There he is at baggage claim. Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going? It's just weird. Yeah. And you feel like you know them better than you do. Because we talk to them from time to time, but we see them all the time, and we talk about them all, all the time. time right. It's just odd to all of a sudden see them, and sometimes you get a good reaction, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah, you've had okay. a few of those. Well, the territory. So wait, hey, let me ask let, you let this. Me say, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Right. Well, I was just no, saying, you go ahead. All right. I was going to say, go was ahead. the party We're doing a Chip had? and Dale thing here. I know. No, you go ahead. <laughs> the party thing, you know, they had the little gathering, the party, whatever. You know, was that last night or was that the night before? I'm just trying to connect dots on why Shanahan was late for the meeting. So it was Monday. So he might have been up late that night and a little rough waking up this morning is what you're telling me. I'm just trying to piece it all together here so I can get on him. I'm not not expressing any opinions. I'm just stating fact. I got a text from one of my folks who was out there. It was Shereen Williams, I believe, either Shereen or Miles, waiting patiently for Kyle to arrive. And the text I got was, Kyle is late. And I just thought, (laughs) that's funny because when we showed the photo yesterday of the group of coaches, there was Kyle who was looking a little disheveled. Now, look, any photo can be misleading. Sun in his eyes, whatever the case may be. But it made me think of last year when he was late for that press conference and he remember he had like the billy bob thornton and yeah Spring he tried the bot, top all button. the way up he was trying to, to be top. like me there yeah. for a few minutes right yeah, yeah i know yeah, yeah i do remember well uh, it's it's good it's the, they seem like they're having fun and yeah it is a chance for even the coaches and the gms to catch up a little bit too and like you said side deals get done conversations get had you know you got to see the person face to face you have a drink at the bar Right, that loosens or takes the edge off these guys a little bit, and uh, that's why it's, it's usually a good time out there. And I'm, I am disappointed we're not we're not there. Today's one of those days where you know usually we got something that we talk about for ten, sometimes fifteen minutes, completely unrelated to football. I don't have anything today. The alarm clock has been very effective. I've had no flashbacks to working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I have no Thank other you. gross jobs from the past I want to share. I do want to say one thing, though, okay. and I mentioned this last night on our text thread. We don't have it in the rundown. I think it's something that's going to ultimately invade the rundown. It's something to keep a close eye on, and it was a surprise when it landed on Monday, and I believe it has escalated in relevance over the past couple of days. It's just something to watch, and I mention it because there are people out there who who don't understand why what happened to Jim Trotter is a problem. But what NFL media has done to Jim Trotter 
is potentially, if not likely, going to spark litigation. And it's going to be very interesting because finally we have really under the microscope this dynamic of leagues that hire reporters to cover the league. And there's always been an issue with that. And anytime I bring it up, the people who work for NFL media get mad at me because they're the ones who are taking a paycheck from the league to cover the league. And the people who don't work at NFL media get mad at me because in their mind, hey, look, we got less competition for our own jobs because those people all have a job at NFL media. And maybe someday we may need a job at NFL media. So ixnay on the don't talk about leagues yeah. hiring reporters to cover the league. Well, you know, as long as the reporters go along with the reality that there's only so far you can go when you cover a league, and Mike Silver has admitted that. Mike Silver worked for NFL Media for multiple years, and after he left, he talked openly about how he edited himself. There were certain stories he'd pass on because he knew that was taking it too far. There are things that you just can't say. You can't question the CEO of Procter & Gamble in a public setting if you work for Procter & Gamble about something that is problematic for Procter & Gamble. Well, what happened to Jim Trotter was yeah. two consecutive Super Bowl press conferences. He pressed the commissioner on issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the NFL media newsroom. And a very specific, narrow issue. It is the number of black managers in the NFL media hierarchy. And gotcha. he said there were none. Right. And black employees on the news desk participating in the process of covering a league that is made up of 60 to 70 percent black players and that he and, and, and look it's pointed direct awkward almost but man wow i remember when he did it we were yeah. at the super bowl and i remember when i saw that he'd done it this year, i'm thinking man this guy's this guy's got some guts yep. this guy's got some guts because you know there, there's a little unspoken <laughs> you just got to be careful they hire you to be a journalist just don't do too much journalism there are certain things we don't want you to journalize on and and, and, of course, there's going to be defenses. There's going to be arguments. The, the NFL is going to say it had nothing to do with the decision to not renew his contract. And I've already got the people online saying he wasn't fired. They just didn't renew his contract. Well, if he wanted a new contract and they didn't renew his contract, he was fired. He wanted to continue to work there, and they said, you don't work here anymore. You are fired, even if the semantics are his contract wasn't renewed. So I just want to mention that for, for yeah. that reason. Yeah. This is something – yeah. And, and somebody I know, and I can't say the name, and I don't want to get somebody else fired, but I was told by somebody connected to the NFL media apparatus, this is not going to end well. So it's something to pay attention to. And also, I learned late last night, you know, we talk about the arbitration provision that coaches have that forced them to go into the secret rig kangaroo court to address their grievances, and obviously, it's rigged against them. Right. Ergo the name, secret rig kangaroo court. No arbitration provision in Trotter's contract. So he can go straight to court if he wants to. And have all this stuff in the open for everyone to see and everyone to hear about whatever it was he did internally, whatever pushback he may have gotten internally, whatever else may be in personnel records, emails, texts, whatever. So anyway, I wanted to mention that. Yeah, I hear you, Mike. It doesn't look good. I, it's fishy looking for sure. I, I, I'm with you and, there. Yeah. And 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 fi and in, and we we finally have an opportunity because think of all these situations and they may just write a big check and settle it who knows but I get the impression Jim isn't a guy that's going to be bought off at this point he seems very resolute he was on brother from another yesterday talking about it he seems very resolute very calm very clear eyed very focused very determined 
on what he's trying to do here. And I don't think they're going to be able to pay him off and make this go away. And I say that because all these other cases, they end up being crammed into arbitration or they get settled before the discovery process can get to things that kind of peel back the curtain and let us see what's going on. This may be a case that peels back the curtain and lets us see what's going on. And uh, again, it's one of the pitfalls of actually hiring reporters to cover you. There's a chance they are going to actually take that job seriously. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, um, it's a shame. It does look fishy, Mike. I'm with you. I mean, Jim Trotter is one of the, the best in the business. He's one of the smartest guys you'll come around. He's well thought out. He's got connections everywhere. And, yeah, those are two moments that certainly jumped out in my mind. And then, yeah, you hear that. that that's, you, you wondered if it was payback. Yeah, you did. So uh, I'll be interested to see where this goes. And, yeah, Jim Trotter is pretty smart, you know, calculated guy. I'm sure he's going to put up a good fight here if, if he wants to. The, the the hints are already there that it's headed for litigation, and I firmly believe that that's where it's going. And, uh, you know, it's not too late for the NFL to change its mind. It's not too late for the NFL to take it back. It's not too late for the NFL to say, you know what, we thought this through. We've had some conversations about it. We are going to offer you a new contract. Yeah, so, right. Uh, things, but, you know, you know how it goes. People don't do that. They double down. They yeah. they go into their, their battle positions. And and they 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 and that, that this is the other reality too. And and if and when it becomes a point of litigation, we'll talk about it in more detail. When you decide to take on a large company in that setting, they throw everything they can at you. They turn it around on you. Sure. They try to make you right. look as bad as they possibly can. And social media is already already in two camps on this. And it's just a shame because people, I think, refuse to see the objective truths in something like this just so they can make their point. All right, I made my point. Thank you for indulging me, Chris, and thank you out there. It's just, I think that for those of us that care about the business of the NFL and the dynamics and how pressure gets applied internally and externally to people who are trying to just do the right thing, this is an important case, eventually case, to keep an eye on. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Kyle Shanahan with the case of the 49ers quarterbacks yesterday when he finally did show up 
for his press conference. He was inevitably asked about the quarterback situation. Here he is talking about how things are going at the most important position on any NFL team. Jimmy got hurt and opened it up for Brock, and Brock played eight games and won all of them and played at an extremely high level. And we're very excited to have that level of a player as our quarterback. Now, we believe Trey can be that. I think he would have done it last year if he stayed healthy. Um, the good thing for him is with Brock being hurt and stuff, he has an opportunity to try to regain that and everything. And that's also why we brought in Sam because we can't be set for sure on Brock because you never know how the injury will go. We think it will go well and we're optimistic about it, but right now that's on hold. And so it opens up, opens up an opportunity for Trey and for Sam to come in and show us what they have. Can a guy like Trey win the job without playing games, whereas Brock, what he did was on the field? I think it's going to be harder for him, too. I mean, Brock played in eight games, and, you know, Trey had that job going into last season, and if he would have played eight games like that, um, it would no one else would have been able to come in and beat him out. Um, but with Brock being hurt, it does open him up and does give him, a, give him a chance. I feel very, I feel in a very good situation at quarterback to where we went and drafted a guy that we really wanted, and we don't feel any different about him now than we did three years ago when we took him. Just it's been unfortunate he's got hasn't gotten to play. Um, he was going to get a play this year, and I think people were going to be very impressed with him, and so were we. But that unfortunately got hurt. Now we sit here, and that opened up opportunities, and we got another guy who can play very well. We brought in Sam Darnold who can play, and. I hope all three of these guys are with us, and I don't want to lose any of them. You know, my my initial takeaway from that was if Brock Purdy doesn't get injured in the NFC Championship game, it's his job without question. It's not even a competition. Oh, the only way definitely. and reason it's competition definitely. is because Brock Purdy's trying to rehab this elbow now, and it may create an opening, an opportunity for Trey Lance to get onto the field. He's not getting onto the field if Brock Purdy's healthy. No. And I'm not sure Trey Lance is the first guy on the field if Brock Purdy isn't healthy. He's going to have to compete with Sam Darnold. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I think I think between what Shanahan said and didn't say and what John Lynch, the GM of the team, said and didn't say, I think they would entertain an offer for Trey Lance if someone would come along. Now, now look, remember, they wanted way too much for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they weren't able to unload him. They may be unrealistic in their demand for a trade for Trey Lance to save some face. I see right. Jed York, right. the CEO of the team, saying yesterday he wouldn't change anything, doesn't regret a thing for what they did to get Trey Lance. But still, if they would trade him, I think it's a point you made yesterday. Yeah, I was saying it just doesn't look good yeah, right. to hand him away for right. nothing after right. you gave up all that to get him. So they may not be able to find a trade partner for him. And he's at a low salary. You keep him around for a couple of years. And, and, you, and, and then – who knows what happens after that? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's a smart enough group to go, wait, if we don't see a future and we kind of believe in another guy and, hey, you know, we see the potential in Trey Lance, but, man, it's, you know, a little ways down the road and it needs more reps or whatever else there, right? I, I do think that this group out in San Francisco has the, what do I want to say, the New England way about them to just rip the Band-Aid off and go, you know what, we were wrong, let's trade it, and we'll take our lumps. But, you know, would they do that for a fifth or sixth-round pick for the number three pick of the draft and a guy they traded away two other first-round picks to get? You know, that's where it gets into saving the face uh, conversation that you're talking about, Mike. But, you know, I know enough to know that, hey, Brock Purdy, yeah, they think a lot of him, you know, whether you talk to John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan, they think the dude can play, 
They think he's a player, that there might not be, you know, one great, like, oh, my gosh, an unbelievable athlete, or, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest arm we've ever seen. But he's got a great feel for the game, and there's nothing on the field he can't do. They're not limited. You know, they're not going to call a 90-yard post route like Josh Allen or Mahomes or Burrow or anything like that. But that's where I think there is real love. And then, as we've discussed before, that's the kind of guy Shanahan wants in his offense. That's why I thought there's no way they'll draft Trey Lance. It'll be Mac Jones. That's the kind of guy he always had talked about. Hey, you just listen to me, take my coaching, you know, make make a nice play in the pocket, change your arm angle every now and then, and damn, we'll be hard to beat. And we saw that. Um, but, yeah, the Trey Lance thing is interesting. And, you know, of course there's talent there, Mike, but – you know, to, to your point there, I don't even think it's a given that he beats out Sam Darnold on a daily basis in practice. So he's got some work to do as far as becoming the starting quarterback for the 49ers, especially if Brock Purdy's healthy. Another reason why these young quarterbacks are in a position to make millions while in college need to be very strategic and approach the draft in a way that asks really tough questions of where they may be going. What is the offense? What is the coaching staff? What is the quarterback situation? Is there a chance I'm going to get sucked into this vortex of competition and maybe I won't get to play and maybe my career gets completely derailed by where I land and who I'm learning from and where and whether I get a chance to play? And I I think we're not many years away from quarterbacks saying, don't bother. Don't bother. I got $10 million in the bank. I got $20 million in the bank from NIL money. Don't bother. Well, I'm wait, not playing for your I, I'm not saying you're crazy with that thought. You're not wrong. You're not. I'm saying what I want to say is what would have changed in this subject? You know, right? This was like, oh, my gosh, the 49ers want me? This team? They're going to trade to get me at number three? They love me that much? Right, I don't give a shit how much NIL money they're going to I think you, you're probably going to go, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll sign up for that one. With Kyle Shanahan and that, right? So this one is weird in that sense. I understand your point. I'm just saying I don't know if it holds true on this point exact or this team example right here. You know what it does, though? Yeah. It changes the dynamic a little bit. It gives some power to the player. I was talking to a GM over the weekend about right. the combine and how one of the reasons why intrusive and potentially offensive questions get asked of players is it's not like the player is going to storm out. It's not like the player isn't going to come work for you if you draft them. They don't have a choice. In a normal employment setting, if you piss off an applicant, they're going to go work for somebody else. They're going to exercise their ability to choose to go work for somebody else. So if you get to the point where the best of the best prospects in the draft have options Maybe they can have a real conversation. I mean, think about it now. It's all one-sided. It's all what can you do for us, player? How do you fit into our team, player? What do we know about your background? What do we know about who you are? What do we know about what you did in high school, what you did in college? It's not focused on gathering information the other way. What do I know about you? What commitments will you give me? What promises will you make? Am I the week one starter if I come play for you? you or, Or do I have to compete with this Garoppolo guy? that you paid a lot of money to, but now you seem to have fallen out of love with. Are you done with him? Are you going to trade him? What's going to happen here? I want to know where I stand. And, hey, maybe they give you a truthful answer. Maybe they don't. But at least it puts you in a position to ask those questions. As it stands now, Chris, you can't ask those questions. They'll laugh at you if you try to ask those questions. I I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. And that maybe this is where the NIL and the money will give you the players a little bit more power in this situation. You're right. It's not really an open conversation. I can speak, you know, firsthand to that. 
No, it's not. It's, gosh, I hope I answered this right. I hope I'm polite. Ooh, I want to ask this question, but I hope they don't take it the wrong way. You know what? I'm not even going to ask it. So it's, it's a very real thing for sure. And maybe this, you know, tips the scales in a certain way. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. I think we're still at the tip of the iceberg with this NIL, you know, and the consequences and the unintended consequences, I should say, and what it does, you know, to football, college, and the NFL both. So we'll see where it goes. But, um, hey, right now, Lance is there. Brock Purdy's there. Sam Darnold's there. They're a damn good football team. Trey Lance needs to play football. He's going to get reps. And he's going to have to do it against a guy in, in the spring that's, that's got some talent. There's a reason he was the number three pick of the draft in Sam Darnold. So it's not a given that he's just going to outshine him on a daily basis. This is the first time Sam Darnold, too. Let's not forget about this guy. You know, He's got a little talent. This will be the first time he's around an offensive coordinator and some talent where you go, whoa, they could maybe raise his level of play or the way we view him You know, in our eyes. We, we have seen Shanahan do this time and time again. So, you know, I don't even think it's a given that Trey Lance is going to, you know, dominate or beat out Sam Darnold uh, with OTAs and all that. You know, I, I got to see that first to believe it. The other benefit, even if they keep all three guys, yeah. look at the total financial investment in the quarterback position. Right. You got a guy who has a slotted contract who was the last player taken in the draft. Yeah who can't even have a conversation with the team about a new contract for two more seasons. You've got Trey Lance at $3.7 million in base salary this year, $5.3 million next year. you got Sam Darnold that they picked up at bargain basement rates relative to what we thought he would be getting on a second contract when he was the third overall pick in the draft. That frees them up to, to give Nick Bosa right. a ton of money. It's one of the reasons why they're able to go out and sign Javon Hargrave. Yeah. They can make the rest of the team better around the quarterback position and and here's where, here's where it becomes interesting. Yeah. Because the whole Kirk Cousins thing, he's I, available no. next year. Right. I, you know, it, it may be that it may be it never happens for Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. The reunion tour never gets off the ground. 2017, he's waiting for Kirk. He passes on Pat Mahomes, doesn't even evaluate him. Patrick Mahomes. I try to say Patrick. But I don't know why I said Pat. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes doesn't even evaluate him because he thinks Cousins is coming the next year. Gets Jimmy Garoppolo kind of forced on him along the way. No Kirk Cousins. Now the window's opening for Kirk Cousins next year. Hey, but Brock Purdy is basically a very young version of Kirk Cousins. So we're just going to let Brock Purdy be the guy and say no thanks to Kirk Cousins. But that's the big benefit. Two more years minimum of Brock Purdy yeah. at peanuts right. in compensation. And Trey Lance, relatively speaking, peanuts to what, you know, a guy with that kind of hype and name recognition, third pick in the draft would have gotten in past years. So this is a good situation for the 49ers to be in from a cap standpoint. Yes. Most important position on the field, minimal chunk of the overall salary cap structure. He, the, the, they might be the first. They might be the team that does it, Mike. I'm I'm not even joking. They might be the team that you know you've talked about before. We've kind of you know had discussions about the final, that just goes. We're not we're never going to pay a quarterback forty five million dollars. We're never going to do that. We're going to be about team. And my name's Kyle Shanahan, and I'm the best offensive game planner in the game. And I'm just going to have a good quarterback, and he'll look great because he's in my offense, and I'm going to coach him that way. They might go that route. I wouldn't be shocked. They're to me one of the few teams that can be, that can pull it off. We're seeing they know how to build a team, right? 
And we know that Shanahan can make quarterbacks that are less than make us believe that, whoa, this guy's really good. We've seen it with Nick Mullins, right? We saw Kirk Cousins have incredible years. He's really good. I don't want to you know discredit him by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they might be this team that kind of bucks the trend and doesn't worry so much about having the, you know, quote-unquote franchise quarterback. You know, but, yeah, a lot of what you're talking about is going to depend on how Brock Purdy plays this year. And then Kirk Cousins, has, I'll certainly be keeping my eye on it, as you will. And I could even see if Kirk Cousins comes to the 49ers, I could see that if that does come that way and Brock Purdy didn't play well or he's not healthy or whatever – I, I I would I could I don't think it's going to be like he's going to break the bank to come to the 49ers. You know, I, I think the way the 49ers are set up, like you said, they're going to pay Bosa. Brandon Ayuk's coming up, right? They got a few other things they got to work out here. Um, so they could be the first team that finally goes this route that we've talked about so much. And you think about all the money Kirk Cousins has made over the years. He he doesn't need no. This could be the time be finally, right? At this point, right. And, and, and he can prove all the haters wrong exactly. by going to a team where everything is in place for him to win a championship, even if it's not because of him. Sure. It's not him making the Patrick Mahomes, I got it right that time, big throw in the big spot. You just go out and run the offense. That's and right. The, rest of the team is good enough that everyone, the rising tide lifts everyone to a Lombardi trophy. And then he goes, I, you like that? Uh, you like that? Yeah. And then Florio no, he goes, does that yes, with his, I don't like that because I wanted that with the Vikings, not with the 49ers. <laughs> that, that will be a very interesting existence for me, a very interesting pivot. How do I feel about Kirk Cousins when he's no longer with the Vikings? Do I sit back and wait to say, I told you so? Do I actively root against him? I, I, I wish the guy well, but uh, not too well. <laughs> not too well. Uh, and, and when he does you like that, he does the Peter Brady – while his voice was changing. Hey, he's still your quarterback. Brady Stop talking episode. like he's not there anymore. He's still your guy. Back your guy, okay? 2023, Florio and Kirk Cousins. Here we come, Minnesota Vikings. A kid <laughs> a kid can dream. All right. Uh, I, we mentioned earlier running into Matt LaFleur four years ago when he had just become head coach of the Packers, and I remember being very concerned for Matt LaFleur. What a mess he's getting into. Yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers late in his career. He's a pain in the ass at times. you got to mediate issues between him and the front office. Remember, Rodgers did the whole passive-aggressive leak to the media about audibles. Right. I'm not allowed to have – I'm not allowed to change the play. What the <laughs> hell is this about? They should be able to trust me to change the play. Now – Matt LaFleur is at the point where he no longer has to worry about Aaron Rodgers. He showed up yesterday on time as far as I know for his press conference. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback that used to be his guy, and Jordan Love, the guy who will be his guy moving forward. You know, it is what it is, and at the same time, we're excited about Jordan and what he's been able to how, how he's been able to progress as, as a quarterback, um, how he's matured as a man. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a, a different role for him, certainly. And I think we all have to kind of temper our expectations with, you know, for him. I just think it's going to be a progression. I mean, certainly I think we're fooling ourselves that we think he's going to go out there and perform at a level of, to the likes of what Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this guy is a once in a lifetime, a generational talent. Like, so, um, and I don't think it necessarily started that way when he first started. And it didn't, it didn't in 2008. They weren't great in yeah, Green Bay. Right. It wasn't automatically Aaron Rodgers is 
awesome. 2009, they got to the playoffs. They lost in the yeah, wild we card saw round some, of the We Cardinals. saw some glimmers where we went, ooh, this guy might yeah. be good. Whoa, 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 okay, right. Yeah, keep going, keep going. 2010, they were the last team in. Right. He really came of age in that playoff run in 2010. And the next thing you know, the guy is the, the Super Bowl MVP. And it changes everything. I mean, that's the thing. One great playoff run that culminates in a Super Bowl championship dramatically changes how we view a guy. And, and now he's still got to perform after that. And he did. They were 15-1 the next year. He was the league MVP the next year. And then the legend of Aaron Rodgers was cemented. So, you know, the urgency for the Packers was if Jordan Love is ever going to become the guy, we got to get him on the field now. Yeah. we got to get there. we got to make this happen. It's year four. Let's go. Just like it was Aaron Rodgers in 2008, it's year four. Let's go. And that's why Trey Lance has got to be feeling some urgency and some angst right now. I'm in year three, and I don't know where the hell I fit. When do I get a chance to show what I can do and have a career in the NFL? So Love gets his shot. I finally feel good for the kid. He was the one that I felt bad for, the only one with all this dysfunction in Green Bay since the moment he was drafted. He's the only one that that didn't ask to be part of it, that didn't sign up for any of it. He just got thrust into it. And now patience, and he's he's always said the right thing because he's never said anything. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's kept his head low and his mouth shut through all of this, and now he gets his opportunity. And bravo to him for how he's handled himself. That's right. It's a credit to him for how he's handled himself through these three years, and now he gets a chance to go shine. Yeah, he's been a real pro. Never complained, never been a distraction, right? Even when you know people questioned about, oh, he doesn't look that great or whatever, he took it on the chin and just was like, okay, whatever, you know, head down, going to keep working great opportunity for him and we've seen you know the improvement uh, we got to see it again a little last year where you see whoa the guy's decisions are they're happening quicker the motions gotten a little tighter the control of the ball the spiral the spin everything there it, it all looks better so I think those you know few instances he's got especially last year are are certainly something where Green Bay and the front office and the coach could go we can do it with this guy. He he's got it now. He knows he knows how to play a little bit. Now Lafleur said it right. We can't expect Aaron Rodgers. We can't. But this is great that he's finally going to have his moment without Aaron Rodgers there or being compared to Aaron Rodgers. And it can just be his team, and he can practice, and he could throw a good ball, and everybody go, man, what a ball, Jordan Love, instead of going, hey, that was good, but uh, I mean, it's not as good as Aaron. You know, I mean, that's what people are thinking when he throws good throws or whatever. And, oh, you know, love, good play in practice. Oh, but Rodgers would have checked to this play, and it might have been better, right? There's going to be none of that. So now it's going to be him, and he'll be able to grow and play and learn that way. And I think he's got the skills. Now it's just about can he go out there and put it all together and, and show us on a consistent basis on Sundays during the fall. Chris, I think it helps him that the transition is happening after Aaron Rodgers had a down year. Yeah. And the Packers had a down Agreed year. Agreed there, Mike. If – if right. you go straight to Jordan Love after an MVP season, it's tougher mm-hmm. on the kid. And I think the combination of Aaron showing some signs of slippage last year, Aaron being a pain in the ass on the way out the door and trying to make the Packers look bad, and I just don't think that's going to work with the cheeseheads. The, of the, and this is all anecdotal, but the Packers fans I know yeah, they're pretty smart. are happy he's going. Yeah, They're happy he's going. They're done with him. Right. Let's go. They're not going to cry tears for Aaron Rodgers and, oh, boo-hoo, the big bad Packers did him wrong. The Packers keep going. Aaron Rodgers gets off the bus at this point, 
and the bus keeps going without him, they're not going to look back at the bus stop at the guy who used to be on it. They're just not. They're not going to think wistfully about what could have been if he would have stayed one more year. If only they treated Aaron Rodgers better, he would have emerged from the darkened closet wanting to play for us. It's not working. No. It's not working. No, no, it's, it's not. It's you're, over. You're right. They're ready you to look move at, on. You look at social media, you're, you're right. It's never like, how are we getting rid of Rodgers? If there's any... There's anything, yeah, they're, they're grateful for what he did. He's the man. The only thing you see negative about the situation is that some Packers fans just think that the Packers should get more in the trade for Rodgers. But you're right. Nobody's like, how are we doing this? Why are we doing this? So, you know, I think that, you know, even the Packers fans saw the writing on the wall. Maybe they're exhausted by the situation a little bit. It's a smart fan group. And, yeah, they know what they got waiting in the wings, and they want to see what they got here with Jordan Love. We did see that glimpse of Jordan Love on the Sunday night against the Eagles right. when Aaron Rodgers had to leave with a chest injury, and he was good. Now, now again, it doesn't mean he's going to be great because you get thrust into a setting with, with the defense not ready for you. They're not anticipating anything. They don't know what's going to happen. They may have let the foot off the gas a little bit because they think, thank God we don't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers now. Oh, wait. This other guy's not bad. Here we go. And he's, he's slicing and dicing us. But when you get to the point where he's playing on a regular basis, the film is there to study, the tendencies, the tells, the things he likes to do, the things he doesn't like to do. I, you know, I remember learning this 15 years ago and the light bulb went off and it just makes a ton of sense. Once there's enough film out there to truly prepare for a quarterback – that's when you find out if he can play in this league. Yeah. Because when they are actively game planning against his strengths and trying to force him to his weaknesses, if he can find a way to bust through that, that's right. That's when he shows he's for that's real. That's right. That's right. Is he a starter and a bona fide starter that can overcome anything, defense, scheme, whatever? Or is he a backup where, how you're saying it, he can hold down the fort for two or three weeks if we need him? But teams are going to start to realize that he's got some issues or some negatives or things he can't do, and they're going to move their game plan around to stop the things he does do and go, don't even worry about this. He can't do it. And, yeah, that's that's the difference that you're explaining there. Exactly right. And we're going to see. We haven't got to see that yet with Jordan Love. But the good thing is they're going to get a full off season to formulate around him. LeFleur, that building's going to have a new energy about it. LaFleur is going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder here because he's going to want to show people, wait, 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 it wasn't all number 12. We were a good team here, and I'm a pretty good coach. So they're going to be motivated in that locker room to show that it wasn't all just one guy. Um, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm excited to see what the offense looks like under uh, Jordan Love's you know, direction or his generalship, I should say. I don't know that excitement is – and I'm not sure generalship is a word. I don't know if it is either. It, although I just kind of <laughs> did. Uh, I don't know that excitement is the word in Atlanta. Curiosity with Desmond Ritter as the starting quarterback. Arthur Smith, the head coach of the team, made it clear yesterday the plan is to start Desmond Ritter. That's our plan going forward right now. Um, and when you look at that, our plan, plans can change. It's our plan. It's our intention. Our plan is to start Desmond Ritter right now. So – I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's competing with Taylor Heineke? Does that mean Heineke can beat him out? Does it mean they've got some other plan that they may be at least contemplating as a possibility? We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson coming up. I don't think it's Lamar Jackson. It's just odd to frame it that way. It wasn't a full throw to Desmond Ritter as no, a starter. No, The plan is to start Desmond Ritter. That's right. It, it, it sounds like the plan is, but the, they're one of those teams that has kind of skirted the first 
you know, first round quarterback conversation. Are they laying in the weeds? You know, is that is that what they're saying? You know, you know, yeah, they they and they plan to start him until this guy falls to us in the draft, and then we got another plan to play somebody else. Uh, that that's what I wonder. I, it doesn't. They seem pretty adamant that the Lamar Jackson thing's not going to happen. Between the comments that Terry Fontenot's made, and and then you know what Arthur Blank has said, that it makes you think, okay, they're not going that route. I don't think there's another free agent veteran quarterback out there that I'm missing or that they would want. So I, I got to think trade for Kirk Cousins. Right. <laughs> so I got to think maybe the quarterback thing is still on their radar. We'll see. But yeah, I'm with you in the that, or I don't know if you're with us, but the jury's out on Desmond Ritter. I'm not sold from what I saw in those last four games of the year last year. I mean, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. You know, I, I do question his ability to be a really good, consistent NFL thrower. Uh, they, of course, know more than I do. But, yeah, there was some, you know, the first game against the Saints was not very good. The second game against the Ravens, the stats are very misleading. You need to go go back and watch. I mean, they're all at the end of the game. I mean, he was like 9 for 20 in the third quarter or worse than that. I mean, it was it was bad stats. It was garbage time stats. And then it got a little bit better the last two weeks. So maybe they see something that I don't. But I'll, I'll be interested to see his development. My read on Desmond Ritter and the Falcons has been they love the fact that he has all of the intangibles yes. you want and need in a great starting quarterback who is a leader on his team and first in, last You're out, right, hard Mike. Worker, That's exactly loves football. Yeah, and they want to try to will him right into becoming the guy who has the tangibles. <laughs> right, I would submit that it's far harder to have the tangibles than the intangibles. Yes, but I, I think you're exactly right there. You know, that, that was a great way to put it. That's, that's, that's you know, I was going to get there at some point, but you're just better with the language and smarter. But, yeah, I, I think that's what we saw, you know, a little bit. Or you were at home. You didn't get to see him personally, but we talked to him at the Combine a few years ago. He was one of our favorite interviews. He's got a great way about him. So I understand all of that. But – you know, I've seen a lot of teams get their ass burned big time by, oh, he's a great leader and he's great in the locker room. Oh, yeah, coach, but he can't throw a freaking out route or a curl route. So tell me how that locker room magic's going to work now on Sunday at 1 o'clock, right? So that's what we got to see. But I understand the thought there. He does have all the quarterbacky stuff. I'm just not sold on some of the physical tools that are, that are needed out on the, on the football field. And that's the question. How much better can you make a guy when he gets to the NFL level? Is is that that will, that leadership, that love of the game, is that enough to unlock a higher level of performance? They're willing to experiment with it, or at least that's the plan right now. All right, the plan right now in Washington is Sam Howell. We had Ron Rivera with us now, I think, six weeks ago in Phoenix, before the Super Bowl, and he made it clear that Sam Howell is QB1. Since then, he's amended it a bit to say he still has to earn the starting job. They've added Jacoby Brissett as the backup. Here's Rivera from yesterday at the league meetings talking about Sam Howell. You remember, he was the front runner for, this, for the Heisman that year, and you know, coming out of a season where he lost three offensive linemen to the draft, the tight end to the draft, wide receiver, Deami, to the draft, and two running backs. That's seven primary players off of an offense that was very dynamic and explosive. Go back and research that and see those things, and you'll see what we've seen. And, and I really do believe that. So 
I don't think this is as much a, a wild shot as people think it is. Um, and again, part of it is because you watch a young man like Brock Purdy have the season that he had last year, and you would like to think, wow, we have a guy that's got the same type of ability and skill set. Yeah, hey, look, they're willing to go all in, so they say. They're willing to give it a chance. It's kind of like the Desmond Ritter experiment. This is a guy who, if he had come out a year earlier, may have been a first-rounder. This is a guy that was highly regarded. I I just – I saw somebody make this point on social media, and I wish I remember who it was so I could give them credit. Maybe it was Michael David Smith. The whole idea that if you really believe these things about Sam Howell, why did he not play last year more than just week 17? Why wasn't he your week one starter instead of Carson Wentz? We all knew what Carson Wentz was. Was there a certain amount of stubbornness in the organization because you made the trade for Wentz? Even though you think Howell may be better, you got to go with Wentz. And frankly, if Wentz was a move that the owner put his thumb on the scale to get, yeah, that would explain it. Yeah. We got to play Carson Wentz because that's the guy the owner wanted. Well, I think they got stuck a little bit in the Wentz-Heineke conversation, right? Heineke came in for Wentz after the injury. They got in the playoff conversation. They still thought they were in the playoff conversation when they went back to Wentz. So there was probably some reluctance, right, to go to the rookie in that situation. Um, but I, I, I hear – you know, I hear the point. If they, if you thought that highly of them, maybe not. Why give them a crack? Maybe a little earlier than that. Either way, I mean, it's interesting to hear them say that. You know, again, a, a little bit like you know, hey, Brock Purdy, or a little bit like you said with Desmond Ritter. I think there's some intangibles here with this guy that that people like. You know, he's got he's got that mojo as far as what you want from a starting quarterback. Now we got to see can can he do it on the football field? He's a good athlete. He's got moxie and toughness you know he he can move around a little bit but I I will say a little bit like Desmond Ritter I question his ability to be a high-end thrower in the NFL that's what I question but they've obviously seen enough to feel comfortable about it and now you you couple that with the weapons they got and Eric Bieniemy. I'm excited for the potential of the Washington Commanders offense with with Howell we know the old line's got to get a little bit better but there's certainly some pieces there to to excite you if you're a Washington Commanders fan. And it gets back to the Brock Purdy dynamic. You got a guy who's in the second year of a slotted rookie contract who allows you to pay other guys around him. It gives you a couple of years minimum of trying to max out elsewhere on your team. We saw some of the moves they've made in free agency, the money they paid to keep Deron Payne. They can supplement around Sam Howell, and then they worry about paying him later if he becomes the guy that they hope he can be. And if that's the case, then you pay him. Good problem to have. We found ourselves a franchise quarterback, finally, who can come in and be the guy that the team needs. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break here. Ron Rivera had more to say about Sam Howell as it relates to Lamar Jackson. Chris mentioned Arthur Blank had some things to say about Lamar Jackson. And late last night, Lamar Jackson had some things to say. Uh-oh. Caused something, caused me to think of something, Chris, that I want to run by you okay. when we talk about this. I hadn't thought of it before, and I think it's something we need to put on our radar screen. We'll do all that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 